Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So Claire, um, welcome to Mentally Yours. Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. So are you all right to tell us a bit about um, just how your own mental health has sort of been doing over the pandemic and lockdown just to start with? Is that okay? Absolutely. So much like many, many, many people out there, I've been struggling with feelings of loneliness. There's been times where I've felt quite depressed. And I don't use that word lightly because I have a history of quite serious depression. And this last year, and it is almost a year, isn't it, since we were we were sent home, we were first, first started working from home on the 12th of March. So it's, it's not far off a year. The last year has been uh, peaks and troughs. You know, there was a, the beginning of lockdown where I think there was a bit of a blitz spirit and we all had that lovely sunshine. So I think secretly we were all quite enjoying the simplicity that was brought into our lives. But as it as it went on, um, the challenges became all the more um, challenging for me, let's say. And I think the, the monotony of life got to me. So I, I have two children. My husband um, throughout has worked in London. I, we, we don't live in London, but he's um, very senior in the media. And, and throughout he has, has worked, apart from when we both had COVID in the very beginning, um, March, April time. So I've been at home for a um, large extent with my two children, age eight and five, trying to homeschool them myself in the beginning, plus do my job, which is a very big job. I run the entire Women's Health brand. And um, and it's it's been tough. It has, and a lot of the um, 
the the armory that I rely on to protect my mental health, such as eating well, reducing sugar, not drinking very much alcohol at all, consistent exercise, it all went out the window. You know, we were at home. We can see our fridge where we're working, and um, and the, the gym classes I rely on they they disappeared for a lot of the time. So I was I was left to my own devices to try and. Um, manage my mental health and as I say it was done with varying degrees of success. Did you think you had COVID early on? Yes yes I did so I was one of the originals you know (laughs) I was um, yeah my husband and I both had it uh, Mm. sort of early March time um, I had the the checklist of, of symptoms. So um, I was never confirmed, by the way, because this was a time when, you know, testing was only mm. um, a, a rarity. Uh, but my husband has had the antibody test because he had to have it to go back to work. And, and it was confirmed that he had had it. So and we had very similar symptoms. So it went on for about a month. In the beginning, it didn't really I, I wasn't presenting with typical symptoms. You know, I just had virus type symptoms, you know, lethargy, headache. And then after about a week, um, it turned into a very t- a tightness in the chest, a cough. And then there was a period of about two or three days where I really did feel quite unwell. Um, and I, I was struggling to, to take a deep breath. And that's a very disconcerting feeling. And mm. there was a co- sort of conversation with my husband what are we going to do if this gets worse? And it was when Boris was in hospital. So, um, you know, I could see this very public figure uh, seemingly at death's door and that panics you because, you know, he's not that much older than me. Um, and then I started coming out the other side of it. But the the um, residual symptoms um, hung around for some time. So the headaches took a long time to, to disappear. The dizziness, that feeling of if you move too fast, the the world went black and my head was spinning that that lasted for some time and the um the head fog the not being able to recall words and not being able to think clearly so um but throughout all this I only took two days off work because we're working from home you kind of you know you can still dip in and out of work but um uh well ridiculously we we women's health did a a, a big virtual event um, in in April called Women's Health Live Virtual and I was hosting um, interviews with really quite famous celebrities and fitness influencers and I had COVID at the time you know I was how I managed to get through it but I did so but I, I you know I would like to say that I got off lightly because I have friends who now have long COVID and are really really struggling and these are women who are similar age to me early 40s very fit and and there's one um, friend of mine, it's my my son's friend's mum actually, and and she still has to go back to bed every single day. She has low energy. She has constant tinnitus. She has, and they think there's neurological damage because her body just suddenly gets very hot and then very cold and tingling mm. in her legs. And she had it at the same time as me. So I certainly don't want to get the violins out for me because I've got off very lightly. But it's interesting for us to have someone on who's, you know, certain that they've definitely had it and, and their partner as well to talk mm. about that and it's interesting you mentioned the head fog um mm. did it affect your mental health in any, any other ways I mean I'm sure it must have been a very sort of anxious time but um can you tell us about that a bit please I think the the uncertainty of how long it was going to go on for I'm normally a very fit and active person I I pride myself on you know well, my, my, you know I, I live the woman's health uh, methodology I'm, I've always been very engaged in wellness and when 
that is taken away from you. And as you I, as I said, I, I rely on movement and exercise to manage my mental health, to get the endorphins rushing. So what started to get me down um, was the fact that I couldn't exercise and I couldn't jump about and I couldn't even do PE with Joe with my kids and stuff. So that did start to get me down, whether it's, whether it, um, I would describe it as depression, probably not. It just got me down as it would get anyone down. I think actually the, the depressive episodes have happened more recently when this has dragged on and the winter months kicked in. How important is it for you? Because I know you say kind of you really identify with the women's health brand and like it's been so important to you to be exercising all of that. Um, how much of a big part sorry, I'm badly wording this. How much of a part does that play in um, the treatment of your own kind of mental health? Because I know you said that you've had experience of depression and anxiety previously. Do you use fitness to help with that? Yes. And I, I always have done. So I, I've, uh, I'm a lifelong fitness fanatic for want of a, of a better phrase. You know, I used to do competitive sport at university. Um, and I had a very, serious bout of depression in my my mid-20s and I ended up in hospital for for seven weeks with serious depression and anxiety and again the following year for four weeks and it was at that time where I really started to acknowledge the positive effects exercise and good nutrition can have on your mental health Um, so this long predates my role as editor-in-chief of women's health but I have exercised for my mental health above my physical health for years I do think that um, the dial has shifted for a lot of people in 2020 I think people many many people have realized that um, exercise and just general wellness if, if you if you that benefits you benefits your mental health enormously and I'll always say if you can sort your mental health out the rest will follow but mm-hmm. That has been something that I've embraced for years. And I notice a marked effect on my mental health if I go through a period of not training. And this can literally just be a few days, by the way. I'm not talking extended periods. If I don't train for a few days and if I eat a lot of chocolate and get it or, you know, um, processed sugar, then I can see a marked um, dip in a market dip in my um, my mental health, and um, you know my husband will say just go to the gym. Like we're very lucky. I have a we've set up a sort of home gym at at home, which has been my saviour. And and he even texts me now because he saw that my, um, last week I was starting to struggle again, and he now texts me, bless him, from London every morning. I live in Winchester to say go to the gym just to me, and I don't need encouragement, but it's his way of saying. And he says. You are better. It is better for all of us if you if you exercise. So it's my it's my medicine. I've been medication free for years, and I don't advocate that. I, I I'm not a I'm not a you know saying that people should shouldn't take medication for mental health issues. You absolutely should if you're prescribed it. But I've been medication free for years, and I believe that is down to the fact that I lead a a, a, a healthy lifestyle. So when you were ill with COVID, how were you handling not being able to kind of do all the really physically healthy things that you were normally doing? I think I was so ill. Other other aspects of myself were so mm. ill that I couldn't I couldn't exercise anyway, and I was just concentrating on the fact that I couldn't breathe properly <laughs> and was coughing <laughs> um, and was coughing and was struggling to have the energy to to look after my children that. Um, it's it sort of pushed my mental health 
to the to the back of my mind almost I sort of concentrated my my efforts and trying to recover from COVID. It's so interesting having you on and talking about the the fitness and the food thing because to be honest I've always sort of gone from the maybe the opposite approach like with my bipolar disorder it's like I do my meds um when I take my meds rather that I sort of I've had therapy and then I'll sort of kind of try and have a fairly good diet and maybe try and do some exercise but it's sort of um I don't know it's sort of a bit hit and miss for me um it really interested me what you sort of said about the food side of things Mm. have there been some noticeable things that you've maybe added to your diet or sort of cut out that have helped you personally well absolutely so it would be a complete lie to say I've cut out sugar but um, because I, I love Haribo, you know, not, not to name a brand, but um, I, I do love biscuits and, and sweets and stuff. But if I, if I do manage to cut them out for any extent of time, my mood is considerably better. And if they creep back into my diet, which they have for the last month since before Christmas, I basically started eating Christmas chocolates and sweets about four weeks before Christmas. So there was no keeping it until Christmas week. I was, you know, I think like a lot of us were looking for comfort and and my mental health struggled and I, I, I and have low energy. I lose my patience with my children. I can't sleep properly. My self-esteem goes through the floor. My body image disappears. So for instance, I'm fairly high profile on, on Instagram, not very, don't get me wrong, 15,000 followers, but I'm followed by a lot of women who are, sounds arrogant, but inspired by the fact that I'm a slightly older woman who with a full-time job, two children, but I still manage to train a lot. But people will notice there are times when I completely disappear off social media and that's because I struggle to look at pictures of myself, which is one of the symptoms that I know that my mental health is struggling. So I've not really managed to to look at pictures of myself for about six weeks now because um, my self-esteem has disappeared and that's a direct result of my diet. And I know that if um, today, for instance, I've, I've made a conscious decision that I need to stop now, I need to stop eating the sugar and the processed food because it is really starting to harm me. And today is, and yesterday, I, I've ate a fairly, uh, a, I, don't, I hate the word clean, but a non-processed diet. And I already am starting to feel better and I can feel myself coming out the other side, but I have to be consistent in it because if it's up and down, up and down, that plays havoc with my mood stability. I know that with um, your Instagram following and also obviously with your job as well, so much of what you do has to be about, you know, really honest discussions of physical health. Do you feel like you can be as comfortable talking about the mental side of things? Do you feel like that's something you can share kind of your personal journey with? Yeah, so I feel I have a duty to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, I joined Women's Health four years ago next week, this week, in fact, four years ago on Saturday. So I've been the editor. I was initially joined as editor and I've, been, I've since promoted to editor-in-chief. And I, one of the first things I did was dial up the velocity of mental health content. And I decided that the um, every year we do a mental health issue. That, was, that predates me. There's a mental health issue every November issue, which is on sale in at the same time as World Mental Health Day. Mm-hmm. And I decided that I wanted to do a big portfolio interview piece with all different types of successful women, really the top of their own field. So whether that's top doctors, a sermon MP, we had Frankie Bridge, who um, I'm sure you know is a, is a singer. We had writers, uh, all different, various different um, women from different areas of business, um, who all have one thing in common that they struggled with their mental health because, um, and I and they I wanted them to tell their stories and this was different 
different aspects of, of mental health challenges, not just depression and anxieties. So we have personality disorders, bipolar that you mentioned, all different aspects of mental health challenges. And four years ago, people were not talking as vocally and openly as they are now about having mental health issues. They really would. We've come a long way in four years. But I believe as women, we find comfort, empathise, and are inspired by other women. Um, We're different to men. Men need to learn to talk more and open up more. It's one of the reasons why the suicide rate amongst men is so much higher than women. But as women, we we like to confide in people. And I also believe that we like to hear other people's stories. So Mm. I put this feature together the broad cross-section of women. And I was sat in my office and thinking, I'm a complete hypocrite if I don't tell my own story because my my picture's on the front of this magazine. And it's, you know, it took a lot of soul searching. I, I canvassed opinions. Some people, senior and hearse, advised me not to do it and said, you'll always be seen as the, the editor with mental health issues. But I thought, no, absolutely not. I, I, I feel that... I need to share my story. How can I possibly ask all these women to share theirs if I don't? So, so I did. I told my story in some detail. I was, I, I admitted I was suicidally depressed. I went into a psychiatric hospital for for seven weeks. Uh, put on all sorts of meds. I had severe anxiety. And uh, the following year, I went back into the same hospital for four weeks. And I and I told that story. And I also told that um, a book I read called The Curse of the Strong. And I. I I wish I could remember the name of the author and it's, it escapes me. But oh, um, Dr. Tim Cantofer. There we go. Yes. <laughs> okay, and, handy. And, and in that book, he says that depression is the curse of someone with a strong mind or something along those lines. It's the it's the most ambitious and the most driven people that are most likely to, to, to fall victim to depression. And I thought, well, if I'm one of the strongest in society and one of the most driven, one of the most capable people in society, why shouldn't I go out there and say, you know what, I have depression as well. And I, and I, and I, I did that and the response was, was incredible. And I've spoken so often about it since at live events where women have come up to me crying afterwards, sharing their struggles and asking for advice. I've, I've been on national TV um, talking about it. I've been on BBC News. I've, I've spoken extensively about it and, and, I, and I will continue to do so. I, I, I don't have the severe depressive um, symptoms that I did then, but I would describe myself as someone who lives with low level depression. I've explained that I manage it myself. I can see the warning signs if an if a, a particularly bleak episode is approaching. Um, there are you know, last, but it's about eighteen months ago now is the last time where I had to take a, several days off work and, and go to bed and just be. Um, when when you're in that state, you just have to be and just have confidence that it will pass. Although when you're in a depressive episode, you 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 can't see the wood for the trees, but. Um, but I'm, I'm someone who lives with low-level depression, and I will talk about it because I am in um, an influential position. I have an arguably enviable job, and you know there there are people that I, I lead a brand that empowers women to be the healthiest version of themselves. And to do that, I feel sharing my story helps women. I think you're so right about women in particular really enjoying hearing other people's stories and how powerful that is. Because I think. Mm. I don't know if Yvette, you agree, but like for me, reading other people's stories of depression and OCD is what kind of helped me realize that I even had either of those issues. But also mm. it just completely 
has the power to make you know, oh, I'm not actually weird and alone and completely mm. isolated in this. There are other people going through similar things, which is really powerful. Yeah, oh, absolutely. There's, there's so many different elements to it as well. Because I mean, sort of um, when I was diagnosed with having bipolar disorder, it was even though um, that was sort of many years ago and before people talked about mental health issues, I still feel very grateful that um, Stephen Fry was talking about his bipolar disorder because mm. I sort of clung on to the fact that, you know, he had that, but he was still a very successful man because I, I was terrified that having that diagnosis meant that I couldn't have a successful life or a successful career. Um, so, yeah, I think it is really important that people do share their stories and especially sort of people that have, you know, gotten well with their careers or their lives or just in generally can help to inspire people because when you are first diagnosed or when you, you know, you know that something's wrong, it can be quite a lonely and scary place, I think. Oh, absolutely. And the, and the symptoms you experience, if you, if you're at the point of being diagnosed, then you're, you're generally quite ill. And one of my symptoms was, was paranoia. I was, you know, convinced everyone was talking about me, can, convinced the sky was going to suffocate me all these these crazy thoughts and if uh, if somebody had told me then that you know fast forward 15 years and you'll be not only living with depression but speaking very proudly about it and uh and and running my I have my dream job running running women's health I would have would have laughed so I hope that other people can be can can be reassured that there is light at the end of the tunnel, and and with the right help, you can recover and thrive. Definitely. Do you have any concerns at the moment about what is happening with kind of the nation's mental health with this third lockdown, with all of the pandemic that's happening, and what could be happening, you know, behind the scenes that we're not noticing? What do you worry about with that? Yeah, I do, I do think. That we're we're storing up a, a huge problem of mental health issues now and for the future. We did a survey at Women's Health uh, late last summer, where we we surveyed thousands of women, asking them about their mental health, and that the stats were bleak. There was mm. it was over seventy percent come back and uh, responded and said that their mental health had deteriorated during during the pandemic. Over eighty percent said that they think their mental health is going to get worse and they worried for the future. And it's women have been the weight of responsibility has unfairly fallen upon mm. women more women are having to homeschool than men it's um there's a higher proportion of women who have lost their jobs because they work in the service industry or um beauty and um yeah it's 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 a, it's a, it's, a, it's the next pandemic it's it's the next pandemic and and something needs to be to to be done and and unfortunately that's not a priority at the moment because our priority is to save lives and get through this and try and save the economy but once we do get this sorted then the the government need to switch their um, priorities and their attentions that's huge though isn't it i mean more than 70 percent because normally when we talk about mental health stuff we'd sort of say oh it's you know one in four people it's the, the one in four but that's you know, yeah it's almost three quarters that's incredible yeah and we did another survey um, we have a campaign live at the moment called the Loneliness Remedy, and it's a service-driven campaign based in academic research uh, to help people overcome feeling of isolation. Um, it was actually um, launched because I wrote in my Ed's letter for the September issue about how I was feeling lonely, and it it just struck a chord. And loads of people started contacting me on Instagram. A serving MP contacted me saying that. I've managed to um, encapsulate in a few words what Parliament has struggled to um, 
struggled to to get across when they were trying to um, tackle the problem of societal loneliness. So we did, we did a survey, and again, the, the findings were bleak, absolutely bleak. Again, over seventy percent said they felt lonely as a result of the pandemic, and loneliness can lead to mental health issues because there's so much research that interaction touch the, the power of the human touch all that has disappeared from our lives and who know when when it's going to get back so there's there's a real concern about what's happening out there not just for women for men as well and children you know I'm, I'm a mum of two I do I do worry about the, the children who are not seeing their friends and at home from school and having their education stop started and are now trying to navigate online learning with varying, varying degrees of success I, I do worry about the food mental health of children too Obviously, the big thing is that we need governmental change and like actual therapy provisions and all of that. Yeah. But kind of in the meantime, while we wait for the, the big guys to sort it out, what would you recommend to people who are maybe struggling with the lockdown, struggling at the moment? What can we do to kind of look after our own mental well-being? My answer is is a bit predictable, but mm-hmm. I, it's, it's, it's what I truly believe helps and simple moving your body the power of fresh air getting getting out using your daily once a day exercise that you're allowed to to go for a walk to go for a run and just get some fresh air and get your body moving if you can raise your heartbeat a bit so you can release release your endorphins it will change how you feel the, the power of exercise cannot be um exaggerated over exaggerated and, and also diet I think a lot of us are relying on comfort food. I freely admit I've been eating Nutella from the jar. Makes me feel like crap, but I've been doing it and I'm now throwing it out. You know, when you have to just, you know, out of of sight, out of mind. But just try and eat whole foods, reduce the salt, reduce the sugar. Don't, Don't rely on alcohol. Alcohol is a depressant. I know this has been said time and time again, but alcohol will not make you feel better apart from that first few sips. You know, it will make you feel worse later that night and in the morning. And it, it, it's just generally looking looking after your holistic health. And, and mm-hmm. for me, that is eating whole foods and, and moving your body. And it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, there's so much free content out there at the moment to, to exercise. Well, Women's Health are doing Women's Health Weekenders at the moment on our YouTube channel where every weekend we're putting free workouts out there and you don't have to do, you know, there, there's so much free content. You have to go on Instagram and all these influencers are putting timetables up for free workouts. Uh, P with Joe, I did it with my kids. He's doing it again, isn't he? Joe Wicks, I think, you know, he deserves all the plaudits he's getting. He he's really doing does. that. Oh, he really does. The man's amazing. I'm a super fan. Um, my kids and I did it every morning, nine o'clock, 20 minutes, hit workout. I consider myself quite fit, but that's a, it's a fairly tough workout if you, if you throw yourself into it, you know. So th- there's, there's no excuse. And even if it's the last thing you feel like doing, and I've been there, trust me, even if it's the last thing you feel like doing, I will say to anyone, the hardest thing about working out is putting your kit on. Because once you have your kit on and you tune in to whatever workout you're going to do or go for that walk, you will 99% of the time carry on going and do it to the end. So this is goodbye from Mentally Yours. So go away, enjoy your day, get on with all your chores from Mentally, 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 Mentally Yours. Mentally Yours. Mentally Yours.
If you've been affected by any of the issues we've been chatting about today, please give the Samaritans a ring on 116123 or you can email them at joe@samaritans.org. You can also go to their website, which is samaritans.org. If you've liked this, please give us a rate and review. We're also on social media, on Twitter at MentallyYRS, and we're also on Facebook. The group is private, but it's just called Mentally Yours. See you next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.